You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 482 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Wednesday evening. I might sound a little better, maybe, than yesterday's podcast, so uh, please be patient with me as my voice tries to wake back it through yet another game. Uh, no days off here on the Lockdown Hawks podcast unless uh, something crazy happens. So uh, here we are fighting through it, and the Hawks uh, did have their losing their sorry their winning streak uh, snapped at two, uh, but what they, they lost to the Charlotte Hornets by a final score of 108 to 94 on Wednesday evening. It was more competitive than that for most of the night until it sort of got away from the Hawks late in the game. A um, couple of just things to hit on before we start talking about the the actual game itself is that there were some injury concerns and some injury uh, considerations in the spot for Atlanta. Kevin Herter actually entered this game with a back strain. He was questionable. Uh, Herter, Herter actually did make did make the start and played a uh, a full workload. So I, it looks as if um, that was not a concern for him, but something to do, at least keep in mind and uh, monitor moving forward. But Jeremy Lin also listed as questionable early in the day on Wednesday with an ankle injury. Ended up not playing and was not available in this game. That was like he was sort of a late scratch with. That ankle injury, uh, something that I didn't think too much of, honestly. Uh, and I didn't mean, I'm not even sure I even mentioned it on yesterday's podcast, but uh, Lynn. And watching it again, uh, it seemed to land wrong late in the third quarter, um, suffering the ankle injury. He, 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 he did come back in to the game on Tuesday, um, but Lynn was unable to go here. I think you know it's one of those things where, considering he was listed as questionable uh, pretty late into the day, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was probably a close enough call where he might be back in the near future. With that said, um, the Hawks definitely needed him in this game, and uh, you know part of the part of the issue, something we, we've been talking about dating back to the summer, is that um, you know only carrying two point guards is perilous because if you have this like this kind of one game injury it can really mess with your uh, chemistry because you know the Hawks have guys that can function sort of in a motion offense as the point guard, but at the same time, nobody's the same as Jeremy Lin on, the, on this roster uh, in terms of behind, playing behind Trae Young and even alongside him and all that fun stuff. So um, you know the, the loss of Lin was uh, significant here. Uh, Lloyd Pierce talked about that after the game. It was very evident that the Hawks needed him in this game. I'm not sure they win it with Jeremy Lin, but it certainly would have been a little bit closer given the way the offense performed in the second half. So just some, something to keep in mind there as well and keep an eye on uh, to see if Lin uh, is able to play because the Hawks are back in action on Friday in Oklahoma City. That'll be the next time that they're available, so we'll see how uh, he fares in terms of his recovery from the ankle injury. But again, the questionable designation early in the day, probably a good sign for Jeremy Lin, even if he was not able to go in the spot. The other uh, rotational thing to hit on, here is that uh, Alex Lynn actually had a DNP coach's decision in this game. Uh, I assumed and uh, sort of talked about this during the game on Twitter. I also asked just to make sure that he wasn't injured and, and was told during the game that he was not injured and Louis Pierce said the same thing after the game. Um, but the Hawks were just um, playing small, playing smaller in this game. Uh, basically, they were playing a switching scheme defensively and the Hornets only played really one true center in uh, in Cody Zeller. So, um, you know, Pierce was actually asked after the game, I, I, believe, by, I believe by Kevin Chouinard up in Charlotte um, about the uh, deployment of the, I guess the non-deployment of Len, and uh, he seemed to indicate that it was basically because of the fact that Charlotte uh, di- sort of dictated things with, with, their, with their small ball in the first half. Um, he, he he mentioned not wanting to put Len in cold in the second half. Once the I guess they probably could have used him at, as, at a certain point in the second half, but after not playing him at all in the first half, going smaller, going with Spellman at center, going with Collins at center, they uh, didn't they didn't want to go back to Len uh, late in the game. So that that makes sense altogether. But it was certainly noteworthy. 
just because of the fact that Len had missed one game already this season, but it, that was only uh, with injury. So this is the first time he's ever um, had a DNP and that was not injury related this year. So something just to keep an eye on. I mean, I I, under, I understand the move honestly. I think Len. You know, I probably would have played him anyway, honestly, in this game, just because I think he's been playing well the last two or three games. With that said, I I also get why you would go small and try to play what the same kind of game Charlotte was playing. I think Len, you know, taking taking advantage of what he can do offensively, especially when he's playing well, uh, would be a good idea. But at the same time, he doesn't really bring everything defensively that you would want if, if you're if you're trying to switch screens and all that fun stuff. So I get it on all counts, but uh, just that's that's the reason why Len didn't play in this game. And I want to go ahead and talk about that before we get into the actual meat of the game itself. Now we'll talk about the game uh, here. A lot, of, a lot of fouls from the Hawks, especially in the first half, uh, especially in the first five minutes of this game. The Hawks only, uh, I say only, only, only commit 25 fouls, but five of those 25 fouls were in the first three minutes and 30 seconds. There were three fouls in the first 93 seconds. That was uh, something to keep in mind because uh, Torian Prince got two early and then came out of the game. Actually got a technical foul seconds later than that too. So he was responsible for three whistles in about the first, I don't know, three and a half minutes of the game or so. Uh, Trey Young had a deep three early on. Also, also both Prince and Devin hit threes in the early going. Uh, the Hawks actually led by a, by a, a margin of 11-4 to four in the very, very early going. There was an ugly miss from Kevin, Kevin Herter in transition, which is worth noting because that's something he's been struggling with, is just kind of being forceful in transition. He, he, he left the layup short, which was uh, an ugly moment for him. Actually, he thought he played well in this game. We'll talk about him later, but that was a rough spot for him. Um, Rotation-wise, Vince Carter came in uh, for the first time in two games. He had missed those last two games with a DNP coach's decision. I will say he did not play in the second half, so that's something to to also note. But uh, Carter did play alongside Mars Spellman in the first half. They played very, very small with that group. Uh, You know, small small in that sense, but they were playing bigger in the backcourt, obviously, with Bembry and Bazemore serving as the backcourt together and Justin Anderson on the wing there. The Hawks led by as many as 10 in the first quarter. Charlotte did finish strong in the first quarter with an 8-2 run to close things, but the Hawks didn't shoot the ball all that well all night long, but Especially in the first in the first quarter um, versus the rest of their baseline, they, they shot worse than that after the first quarter actually. But in the early going, they, they did make five threes in the first quarter. And they had five offensive rebounds, and that allowed them to uh, stay afloat uh, before the end of the first quarter, even though they were uh, not shooting the ball well to still have a four-point lead. They played good defense in the first quarter as well. But from there, uh, it was basically a lot of Hornets from the end of the first quarter on. Honestly, it was a um, the Hawks actually, actually uh, took a 10-point lead early in the second. and But uh, in a flash, it was a 17-4 run by the Hornets to take their first lead of the night. Um, the Hawks scored nine points in the first seven minutes of the second quarter. Offensively, just sort of fell apart there for a while. A lot of, a lot of that was second-unit stuff. By the time they got Trey Young back in the game, it was kind of, um, you know, not not too late necessarily, but that was that sort of the damage was kind of done there, and the uh, and things kind of, kind of flipped to control for the Hornets. There was another 11 to two run from Charlotte to go up by nine uh, with Cody Zeller. I think I've eight, I believe he had eight of the 11 points during that run. Uh, Charlotte had a 108 offensive rating in the first half, which isn't isn't terrible defense from the Hawks, but they attempted 22 free throws just going go back to the fouls. And Zeller had 14 points of his own. Uh, bright spots in the first half for the Hawks were Kevin Herter with all three of his threes. Um, but you know, non everyone except for Kevin Herter and Trey Young shot two of 16 from the three. Uh, in the first half, and that sort of carried over to the rest of the game. Offensively, just some ugly numbers from from Atlanta all night long, but especially you know after the first quarter was over, we'll come back to that in a second. But only only eight turnovers in the first quarter. Sorry, in the first half, um, that sort of was uh, mitigated late because they had eleven in the second half. But um, you know what? It, it could have been worse at halftime. They were still competitive, but um, from there, they just could never really amount a run. 
Prince had a four, his fourth foul right away in the third quarter. Um, he, did, he, did, he did stay in, so credit to Lloyd Pierce for not panicking there. And actually, Prince had seven straight points, probably had the best stretch of the game right after he got his fourth foul. So credit to Lloyd Pierce for some patience on that one. Um, Trey Young threw an absolutely absurdly impressive left-handed hook pass to Prince for one of those threes that he had. I hit him, hit him right in the hands. It was one of the best passes of the game, sort of subtle in some ways, but just the uh, the force that's um, out there. I think that's a pass people might, people might might not find terribly absurd unless you watch a lot of basketball. It's, it's just not a pass you see very often. Um, so to see Young throw that one, there's usually one or two of those a game that he just throws that are kind of crazy, and that was one of them in this spot. They never went back, they never went back to Vince Carter. It was actually Justin Anderson playing the four a little bit in the second half alongside Amari Spellman at the five. They also went with Kevin Herter but back in the Anderson role that he was playing in the first half, went, went a little bit smaller there. That was a lineup I actually played pretty well, honestly. But after the Hawks climbed back in it a little bit, there was a 10-1 run from the Hornets to go back down to put the Hawks back down 11, and um, from there actually back, got, to, got to 17 in a hurry with with uh, that carrying over to the fourth quarter, um, and that was kind of the end of that. Honestly, in retrospect, there was a bad moment from Torian Prince early in the fourth quarter when he just completely blew a defensive coverage, allowing Tony Parker to go all the way to the rim for a layup in transition. That was a that prompted an immediate timeout from Lloyd Pierce, who was not very happy with his starting small forward, and uh, with good reason, honestly, because that was a really bad moment from. Prince. Um, to go back, and at, at that point, the Hawks were down 13, became 17 in a hurry, and uh, from there it was you know the, the final dagger was a Jeremy Lin corner three, uh, L- 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 sorry Jeremy Lamb a corner three. Uh, that's a very similar name, so my apologies, but uh, Jeremy Lin had a corner three to go up by 22, I believe at that point in time, and that was kind of the end of that. The Hawks, after the first quarter was over, and honestly, the entire game was not good shooting-wise um, for Atlanta. But after the after the first quarter was over, uh, Atlanta shot 32% from from the floor and 19% from three, and they had 14 turnovers in the final three quarters. And that's going to not get it done really any time. Uh, Pierce did say after the game that they run, that they quote ran out of gas in his mind end quote. Um, and he also emphasized that he thought he thought the team was uh, too easy to guard in this game. A lot of that's just being without Lynn uh, on, on the second unit, but even the first unit was uh, not particularly uh, exposed in this game. You know, Young actually was pretty good. We'll talk about him later. Um, but just the second unit just didn't have too much going on offensively and a lot of guys just didn't have it going. There was a lot of bad shooting nights we'll talk about individually as well. But just in general, Hawks just didn't have much going on. And given the way that they actually played pretty good defense on the whole in this game, only a 104 offensive rating allowed from Atlanta. And a lot of that was free throws. Honestly, they allowed 37, three, 37 free throw attempts. That was the second highest um, total of the of the year for Charlotte. Their previous high was for, their, their highest forty one, but close to that. You know, Charlotte didn't make a ton of shots. Kemba Walker was six of nineteen from the floor. Didn't really have it going in a big way here. But Lamb had twenty two points. Zeller had nineteen points, and that was enough to sort of push Charlotte over the edge. So offensively. A bad night for Atlanta. Defensively, actually a pretty reasonable one for the most part. You know, a lot of that was the fourth quarter. Sort of there was some garbage time in there, but still a decent a decent enough defensive performance from Atlanta. Just not enough offense to sustain and pull off an upset on the road against a team that's much, much better than the Hawks, is, than the Hawks are at this point in time. Uh, before we get into the uh, meat of the podcast, which is the individual stuff, I do want to take a moment and talk to you guys about the, about the good folks at mybookie.ag because, uh, you know, ever since I started this podcast, people, people have been asking me for advice, and honestly, it started with before that, but usually it's uh, which teams to bet on, and the truth is I don't really know, honestly, who's going to win all the time in the betting world, but if you think you do know, you got to check out mybookie.ag for all of your handicapping needs. Remember who you're betting on and uh, who you're betting with are uh, almost equally important. 
And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie because they they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site's very easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today because I'd only recommend a service that's been good to me in the past. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to mybookie.ag because when you win, they will pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player player perks in the business. And uh, for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on over/under totals for fantasy points for players and football and all that fun stuff. So lots of different exotic bets and uh, things that they that they offer in my bookie that you definitely want to check out today. So join now. My bookie will match, match your first deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit mybookie.mybookie.ag. That's m y b o o k i e dot a g. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on one more time. The promo code is locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus here, and the, and the deposit will be matched 100% up to $1,000. So use that promo code locked on. You play, you win, and you get paid. Okay, we get into the individual stuff in this game. We'll start with the bench on this fine evening. Um, sort of the headliner in terms of things that pop out to you looking at the box score is Kent Bazemore going 0 of 10 from the floor. He was not alone, and Lloyd Pierce made sure that he mentioned that in the uh, post game. A lot of guys didn't shoot the ball well, but Bazemore's 0 of 10. Definitely does stand out, you know, 0 of 6 from 3 as well. Took it to the line 10 times, which is, uh, you know, to his credit, didn't have it going, so he got, got to the line, got to the rim a little bit more than you might think. Um, made it made 8 of 10 from there, but, you know, 8 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 block shots, which is impressive, and a steal from Kent. I thought he wasn't as bad as the shooting indicated, but at the same time, you got to make shots and uh, that sort of goes without saying. So I thought Bays was uh, decent otherwise, but the shooting just kind of hurts you in a lot of ways, especially when you're playing shorthanded already uh, in the backcourt. Justin Anderson, 17 minutes, his biggest role so far. Uh, 10 points, 8 rebounds, an assist, and a steal for Anderson. I've always liked him uh, quite a bit, and that's uh, sort of some, some stuff that I like about him was on display in this game. He's going to have to make more shots from 3. He was 0-3 from 3. He was pretty aggressive, though, getting shots up. You know, for better or worse, probably took one or two bad ones, honestly. But I think Anderson is someone who I, who I enjoy and that I trust, honestly, as a uh, as someone who could help the Hawks in a supporting role, playing, you know, the 3 and the 4 and playing some small ball stuff. I thought he played decently in this game. Two guys didn't play much at all, but Came in in garbage time. That's Miles Plumley and Daniel Hamilton. Plumley uh, had a rebound in his four minutes. Hamilton actually got a, actually got a bucket, had two points and an assist. Not too much to say about those guys, other than the fact that they were not really in the rotation until the end. Uh, Plumley Plumley came in ahead of Len, probably j- just because you don't want to put your uh, a guy who was starting for you early in the season sort of in pure garbage time. He's not really that kind of player. So I think you'll see Len back in the rotation on Friday against a team with uh, with more size in Oklahoma City. Just something to sort of an aberration to uh, that end. And didn't want to go ahead and go to him late in the game. I actually makes sense to me. Vince Carter, nine minutes, only played in the first half, but had two points and a block shot and a rebound. Was 0-3 from the floor, um, 0-2 from three. Didn't do a whole lot. You know, defensively had some nice moments, honestly, especially when he was playing one-on-one defense. Um, but other than that, just didn't have too much going on there from Vince. Uh, Mari Spellman, 22 minutes, was 0-4 from the floor. Um, actually, I, uh, I, tweeted, I tweeted this as well, but um, 0 of 17 combined from Carter, Spellman, and Bazemore. That's a rough recipe, including, and that, that also included 0 of 11 from three. So uh, pretty rough from those guys there um yeah so it's it's a situation where you know Spum can do other things I will say you know four points six rebounds an assist a steal and two blocks he does he does bring good motor good energy sometimes his defense is questionable to be sure but at, at this point in his career he's going to have to make shots to uh be someone who's helpful I think his defense was actually pretty good compared to his baseline that there were some nice moments from him defensively in this game but um because uh, I think a lot of his value offensively comes from his jump shot right now on the nights where he doesn't make a jump shot it's kind of rough at times he was minus 13 in this game that's not all him by any means but Spum was playing center nice to see him play a little bit of center. I wish they had someone with a little bit more force than they were playing with Carter uh, in the first half, but 
I thought Spumman was not as bad as his shooting numbers indicated, and he did some nice things, even though um, he didn't have it going out from the perimeter. And DeAndre Bembry, 25 minutes to lead all the bench guys in minutes. It was Bembry and Bazemore playing 25, 25 each, um, both because they were playing a lot of uh, point guard as well. Eight points, five rebounds, and assist and a steal for DeAndre. Had four turnovers. A couple of nice finishes around the rim. Uh, wasn't perfect in that uh, way, especially. But defensively, had his usual typical uh, pretty good game. But offensively, uh, sort of was at the, at the helm um, of some of the ugly offense in the second half. It's not really his fault. He's probably not someone who should be playing a lot of point guard, but he's, he also, between him and Bazemore, they're the best options on, on a night when Lim was not around. So, um, you know, so I think Pierce said that. It sort of alluded to it. Just it's kind of a tough, kind of a tough spot for Bembry, moving him to a different role, kind of changes everybody else's role as well. And going back to Lim, they just need they needed someone there. Obviously, Lim's been great, um, but just having a third point guard would have been helpful in this game, obviously. But just something you have to like, take into consideration. And I think if they were uh, to miss Lim long term, they would have probably bring Jalen Adams up. But um, even then, I, I said this before, you know, I'm pretty sure they would still go with Bazemore and Memory before Adams, just because at the NBA level, Adams is not really ready to do that. So hurry back, Jeremy Lin, is what I would say about that. Uh, to the starting five, Kevin Herter had a really good game here. I thought 34, 34 minutes to lead the team, 12 points, four assists, five rebounds, two turnovers for Herter. Had four, four of seven from three, including three of three in the first half. Uh, cooled off after that, but I thought Herter had a very nice floor game, a couple of really nice moves. I, I mentioned before, I thought I think he needs to play with, with more force every once in a while. Something that's like a common criticism of him, but I think in general Herter popped for me in this game. I thought he played very well on both ends of the floor. So uh, good, a nice step forward from from Herter in a big role in this game. Um, Dwight Devin didn't have a great game. I thought nine. 9.7 rebounds, three steals. He wasn't absolutely terrible by any means, but I thought he was a sort of below average for him. Um, you know, four of nine from the floor, one of five from three. Had some rough struggles defensively, especially against Cody Zeller when he was sort of going off. Um, Devin was someone. He's been a little bit, a little bit more hot and cold this year than he was uh, last year for me. He was more consistent last year. It's going to happen every once in a while, but. It was not a good Devin game, uh, especially because he's got to bring he's got to bring the defense, especially on the night when he should be a pretty pretty well equipped to play against someone like Cody Zeller, and just didn't have it defensively, which uh, hurt Atlanta at times in this spot. Um, Torian Prince, 21 minutes, he was limited by the fouls. He had five fouls, uh, did have some nice shot making at one point in time, but defensively uh, was bad in this game as um, he often is. But especially, I thought that was sort of popping off the page to me. I mentioned the one issue earlier that was sort of sort of the most flagrant, but didn't really have a very good game overall. The fouls were weird. The technical foul from the bench was weird. You know, he did make shots, which is helpful. He had 12 points. He was one of the only guys making shots in this game, so that uh, was very helpful. But other than that, he didn't have too much going on. Uh, John Collins kind of struggled a little bit, by, at least by John Collins' standards. Nine points, 10 rebounds, four assists, and a steal in uh, 31 minutes. 3 of 10 from the floor, 0 of 3 from 3. So he just didn't make shots from 3, which is going to happen. He's not a, it's not a great shooter at this point in time. But I thought Collins was okay. He just didn't have a dominant game by any means, and they probably needed him to be dominant given the way that everything else was going on, which isn't his fault by any means. And um, finally, Trey Young, 28 minutes, 7 of 19 from the floor, 3 of 9 from 3, 18 points, 4 assists, um, 2 steals, and a block shot, and 5 turnovers for Trey. He was better in the first half than he was in the second. He sort of ran out of gas, too, it looked like. But you know, 7 of 19 is not going to get it done most nights, but you know, ter- not terrible. Terrible efficiency. Did have a couple of nice, uh, nice deep threes, and you know, three of nine is not anything to write home about. But uh, now that he's sort of turned the corner from the absolute wretched slump, it's been a little bit better from a shooting perspective. He had a really nice catch and shoot three. Um, it kind of gives you more confidence when you see him catch when you see him catch that catch and shoot from a reasonable range. It's usually going in, and um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good sign. Other than that, uh, some nice passes, but uh, defensively, you know, he, he competed a little bit here. He had a nice. Um, it was actually right, right, right after he got beat pretty badly. He got he got sort of fired up to, and took it to. Target Parker at one point got a steal and threw it off him for a save and a nice turnover created. But you know, most of the time it's bad from def- defensively. But you you will see at least some some fire from him defensively, and that's uh, very helpful. So. 
That'll do it for today's podcast for the most part. You know, a 14-point loss. The Hawks were 12-point underdogs, so nothing crazy there. And it was actually closer than that most of the game. They just kind of ran, ran out of gas. They have a day off on Thursday before, as they, I guess, not really a full day off. They have to travel to Oklahoma City, but we'll see uh, old friend Dan Shooter uh, in that game on Friday night against the uh, Thunder, who are uh, playing very well right now, uh, especially defensively. So that's, a t- that's definitely t- a tough matchup. The Hawks will not be seen as favorites to win that game by any means. So we'll, hit, we'll see how they handle that matchup. But, you know, not, not a bad start to the road trip when you, when you talk about splitting the back-to-back that's probably as good as you can probably ask for for Atlanta so and then they've still won two or three if you want to be optimistic but you know we'll see how they look moving forward on Friday it's a tough matchup we will have it we will have another podcast um hopefully between now and then if my voice holds up if not we'll come back after the game on Friday night and then we'll talk more then so please stay tuned please subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you guys in the very near future